There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to What A Load Of Cobblers, the debrief, a conversation on Northampton Town 1, Shrewsbury Town nil. I'm Tom Reed, and joining me to talk about the crucial win over the Shrews are James Averill, Martin Maloney and Brendan Walsh. Um, what did you make of the win, James? Although Cobblers didn't play that much football and it was a bit of a nervy affair, I found it strangely enjoyable. Well, I mean, firstly, it's a massive three points. I thought we played really well in the first half, actually. Uh, mm. I wouldn't say we didn't play football, actually. I thought in the first half we had some neat patterns of play. It wasn't, you know, total football all the time, but, you know, yeah. you, you could see what we were trying to do. Uh, and I thought we were comfortably the better side without creating too many clear-cut opportunities. We obviously had, you know, Watson's goal, which he took really well, by the way. That wasn't an easy finish because it was fizzed into him, and it, it looked like it bounced right in front of him, so he, he tucked it away really yeah. well. Um, but I thought it was a, an impressive first half, and then the second half, it's been quite a kind of theme under Brady where we've been very kind of, when we've played a lot better in the first half and we've done what we've needed to in, in the second. Um, in, in, in a sense, we, we kind of like try to do the same thing under, under Keith, didn't we, where we try to see a result out, but we are a lot more effective at it uh, under John Brady than we are than we were under Keith Curl for, for some reason. So, yeah, I mean, it's a massive three points and then you couple that in with the fact that every team below oh. us lost. Uh, that hasn't happened <laughs> very often this season so it was as good a day as we could have hoped for really and um the, the key the key to it all really is is that we weren't playing on saturday <laughs> oh, we yeah. on saturdays do we? it was a friday <laughs> it felt like a saturday though <laughs> good point move every game away from saturday and we might get somewhere it is a bit uh, of a flaw for a football team not to be able to get results on saturday but you know <laughs> we'll take it yeah we'll definitely take it martin you uh, predicted a 2-0 win, so you weren't a million miles away. You were quite confident about this one. And we talked in previous weeks about cobblers are quite liable to lose one game and then go and beat Shrewsbury in the next one. Um, good defensive performance, I thought, overall, Martin. Yeah, yeah, I think the, um, the, four, the four at the back who are starting almost every week, I think, are really, really solid. We've all said we have a few reservations about, about the keeper, but he's, he's not had any... Well, not too many disasters. And I think uh, a point that Brady made, the defending starts from the front. And, you know, you've got players like Rose that will will chase things down. And I think I think something else that probably added to our solidity at the back, the sort of diamond-type midfield that we went with, that McWilliams an awful lot deeper, I just think only added to the solidity. And I thought McWilliams probably 
that looks a, a really good position for him or in that in that type of system. So yeah, I, I think I mean the keeper's not made a save all as one you know as much as you Tom will always talk about possession stats. Yeah, I've always got that thing in my head of how many saves did each keeper make, mm. and um, you know Mitchell's not really got dirty has he? He's you know it's that's been a fairly straightforward win. And yeah. that is really, really good. You know, it's just to be able to like roll out, you know, not a spectacular performance, but to, to win that quite comfortably. I mean, it didn't help them that, you know, the, the few half chances they had, they didn't hit the target from any. Um, but yeah, that was, um, that was a good day. Good day. Mm, and it was nice to see Northampton get a little bit of good luck too. That always helps. So the, they had a goal chalked off for offside and the ball seemed to fall our way quite a lot. Um, Brendan, it's just you can't say that that team isn't playing for each other and the manager, which is a fear, isn't it, in these sort of relegation games, and just gives us a bit of hope going into the next. It's, there's some difficult games going up, but if you put your set your stall out like that, it just gives you a bit of hope that we can just keep our head above the line. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit I'm feeling a little bit hungover today. I, I celebrated that one a little bit too much. I emptied my entire drinks cupboard. So I think. That, we really, really needed that performance. And um, what I really liked about it is the the last couple of results, you know, nil-nils at home or losing one-nil, we we knew that we needed that craftiness that, like, Curl was always trying to coach into them, um, seeing a game out and nicking a goal. And that's exactly what we did. And I, I had this horrible sinking feeling they were going to get an equaliser late on. But, you know, like, uh, like Martin said, I don't really think they... You know, they got into the box and got in some good positions, but they never troubled Mitchell too much. And it was just, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a classic performance. And, you know, um, I don't think we, we looked like we were going to get out of League One the other end or anything like that. But it's exactly what we need at the moment. And, and if we just keep doing that to the end of the season, then, then we'll be fine. Fingers crossed. There's still a concern for me about the... Not, it's not a lack of goals now, because we did score yesterday and we'll get onto the goal in a minute. But just that feeling that sometimes we do are going to need two or three goals. And I do uh, struggle to see where they're going to come from. Um, we'll have a little quick chat about Edmondson now. Um, we are all talked about it before. And we all say we're a better side with him in the team. The ball didn't often bounce for him the way he'd like it uh, on Saturday. And, you know, he didn't get a goal, he, but he worked very hard. He was very, um, you know, sort of combative when he could be and he always puts himself about a bit. Martin, are you still of the persuasion that he needs to be a bit of a mainstay in that team as we finish the season up? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, I think pretty much, you know, we, we're, we're limited in terms of, of who we've got and who can play through, but he's clearly got his um, the players he prefers. I think he's the two he's lost to sort of serious injury I think they've caused him to have to adjust, but really, I think what we've what we've got out there um, is broadly not going to change a huge amount, bar injuries or an unexpected drop in form. Um, you know, in the way that we probably didn't know what the team would be week to week with with Curl, we're fairly confident, sort of game to game. Brady has an idea of what his best side is. You know, he doesn't say he's excluding certain players, but the ones that have got the shirt, they're going to fight to keep it. Yeah, yeah, and we're sort of we're not we're not sure if, if Sean Brady probably doesn't listen to this podcast. It was quite funny. <laughs> that, um, 
that Chuck Romico was on the bench, you know, just teasing me a little bit, never got on. But um, the, the two forward did work very hard. We'll get on to Rose in a bit, probably going to be an important part of our talk about man of the match. But um, let's go on to the actual, the goal itself came from Ryan Watson, who has just been fantastic this season when he's, when he's played and he's really forced himself into, you know, one of the first choice choices for Brady. Um, James, it was just for me a, a well-taken goal on 27 minutes, not least because the ball's fizzed in fairly hard. And just to show that technique, open your body up, be calm and just stroke it home, James. Just what we needed and a, a good goal overall. Yeah, a calm finish, which you have to say Watson's been very good at, uh, uh, certainly, you know, under under Brady. Um, like you say, it was a really good ball in from Kyoso. But it wasn't the, like I said earlier, it wasn't the easiest to finish this because it does kind of bounce at him, if you know yeah. what I mean. But he, he does do very well to kind of adjust his body shape and use the pace on, on the cross, really, to just get something on it and, and, and put it in the top corner. Um, so, yeah, a, a really pleasing goal. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Kyoso uh, on, on, you know, on this podcast. And he, he has uh, really brought this team, uh, you know, massively forward in terms of our attacking contributions because um, he gets up and down that wing all day and uh, he can deliver uh, crosses of, of the quality he did yesterday so a, a really good goal it's exactly where we want to see Watson at the moment you know just coming in making that late run onto the edge of the area and we know he's got a good shot on him and it was just one of those goals where kind of everything fell neatly into place Um and we didn't have too many more chances after that. But what was more important was that we, we, we didn't give Shrewsbury any real chances. Is it Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? Have we had this debate? I think it's Shrewsbury if you're from there. But uh, yeah. All right. So there's a brilliant, uh, if you ever listen to old Mark Steele's in town on, um, on Radio 4, different people in Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury say it different. It's not even geographic in the town. It is a, really? it is a strangest thing. Well, I think they had a, a, a mascot called Shrewy the Shrewsbury Shrew, which, <laughs> uh, that, that, that yeah, does which appear to be sending to... some form of message, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but um, funnily enough, Sh- uh, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, let's go with Shrewsbury for now. I've already called it Shrewsbury. Let's go through the full thing. There, we've been we played them quite, you know, obviously quite a lot of years, but we had a fairly good record against them, so it sort of made sense that James particularly was quite buoyant about this chance of turning them over and so it happened um brendan can you give us an update on the top scorer because it must be ryan watson by even further now yeah it's, it's watson by in the league anyway it's watson by country miles on seven goals now this season and the next closest is um is rose and, and sammy on four so yeah, yeah. I, I think i obviously we, yesterday we played with two at top and it kind of looks like a four three three when it's written down but it I quite like that it's a little, it's quite fluid, um, and and often when when Edmondson isn't there and and it's Rose up top, Watson it almost goes to a four four two and then Watson's up with him, or or maybe a four four one one and Watson behind. But a lot yeah. of the time he's the first man forward, and you know literally last week when we when we were breaking down the Wimbledon game, you know I was l- lamenting that no one could put in any quality and and there was no like um, no decent deliveries going in and. That, and um, you know the first—that's the first cross I can remember that even found someone in a decent space. Yeah. And he's the only one we've got in the squad who's, um, you know, who's got that finishing touch at the moment. Um, 
I, I really think it was, you know, that could be a contender for goal of the month. Like it was, that's a really, really hard goal, um, a really, really yeah. hard finish to to make. But um, he's just got that touch at the moment. So long may it continue. Mm, he just seems to me, Watson, and I've long been a fan of him, especially when Curl wasn't playing him particularly as a first choice. I was scratching my head at that one, but it just seems to me he's the sort of Watson's the sort of player you want to build your team around next season, whatever division we're in. Uh, I think he's out of contract, which is slightly concerning because there will be interest in a eight goal. If you get up towards 10 goals and you're in midfield, you're going to get interest in you. So uh, hopefully he stays with us and we can build the team around him because he's a sort of technical player that we really need to. So we'll see on that one, I guess. Um, it just felt that that goal was scored at a particularly good time. We had a couple of other chances. Um, Hoskins, who after being called the natural finisher, uh, <laughs> struggled a little bit. He had a couple of chances. Does anyone, can anyone sort of describe the chance he had? He had, a, he had one where he came through, didn't he? Oh, he had one that was a bit of a half chance, sort of a volley, and then he had one when he on, on, encroached on the goalie and shot it straight at him, didn't he? Uh, there, there was one, we, we broke from a corner, which again, like we, we get, sometimes when, when we have a corner, I'm, I'm always like, well, it's going to be a chance for the other team. We get broke on so often. And um, I can't remember who it was that played Sammy in, and he, he showed a good bit of pace to get in front. He's being pressured from behind, um, and he—it's he, one of those classic ones where he's almost hit it too cleanly, and he volleyed it straight at the keeper. And I'd say that was the only other real big chance in the game for either team, to be honest. So like, it was a bit, a bit boring, but I, I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, I think some Shrewsbury fans were saying that we were a, like a boring club to watch. It was a boring game, but we'll take that all day long. I don't care if we bore them to tears. We're uh, we'll take those three points. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Bryn Morris, probably worth mentioning him, him in dispatches. Probably one of his better games, would you say? I, I thought it was one of his better games, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, I don't know, he, divide, he divides opinion. I, I, I think, um, I, personally, I'm still not a fan of, of, of Edmonton. I know, I think, you know, all of you guys have said we're better when he plays, but I, I've, I think it's Rose, really, that's really important. But um, Morris, as well, when he comes into midfield, I think he gives... Um, Watson a bit more license to get forward and, and do that stuff and we don't it was the one player kind of player that we didn't have in January and I was like we need a kind of you know um, a more solid destroyer not like Williams he's a, he can be a bit of a headless chicken and he'll just run and tackle anything whereas Morris is a bit more composed and he'll, he'll sit further back um, so yeah I thought it was a, one of the, probably one of his better games for us yesterday um, and he needed it because I think he was getting a bit of stick for his performances before that. So, you know, it's hard to really say anyone had a bad game. Even like, you know, the strikers, you could say that they should have done more or could, could have scored a goal. But I think the work rate from, from especially Rose was just, was class. Um, and and it, it, I thought Brady after the game as well, he was saying like, you know, that you can't fault any of those players and say they're not playing for the share or that, you know, their heart's not in this. It was like the, the 11, you know, starting players he puts out um, uh, are there because they, they work really hard and I, I thought it showed yesterday the work rate from everyone was, was class mm, I cringed a couple of moments when Mills put a couple of free kicks in and one yeah, of them went no. straight in the goalie's hands I was thinking Brendan's not going to like this <laughs> he, he, he had a better game yesterday he was better defensively again like Kyoto he, he, made, he made one last ditch tackle to stop someone uh, getting into the box or one on one and, and uh, Mills had a few few nice uh, step-ins like that but his delivery was still so bad I don't know what he's, there, he's there done come back one, from injury there were two wonderful last-ditch tackles when they won by Kyoso yeah. by Mills um, yeah. 
he almost tackled him with his back, Vicioso, when he got so far over to make, he like launched himself and flying through the air and he got so far over to, he ended up blocking it like with his, with his backside. It was, oh, it was, it was crazy. Mm. Kyoto is the sort of player you would, if you had the money, you'd put a bid in now for him from Luton because yeah. he's just, he's clearly a he's player class. you can rely on. And yeah, 100%. Just a bit of progression in him, maybe, maybe in my heart of hearts, he will be better off at Luton where he can just, they can squeeze that progression out of him and keep him on an upward curve. But I would love to see him in the cobbler shirt full time. Highly unlikely, yeah. I know, but we can wish, we can wish, I guess. Um, it's a game of few chances, so we're not going to go on about too much that went on in the match. We'll just take the points, like I said, and run. But in terms of a man of the match, um, I think that we've got to talk about Danny Rose a little bit because although he didn't get a goal and he really needs a goal, as does Edmondson, his work rate was tremendous. His desire to put his body on the line, that's an old cliche, isn't it? But you need players like that in a relegation battle. Um, James, without scoring, he still stood out, didn't he? Yeah, I thought he was man of the match, which, which I think is possibly a little bit harsh on any of the defenders because I thought that they played well. But he just won everything in the air, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Such a just bullied them all afternoon. And yeah, it, it was a shame he didn't kind of get a, a reward for it as such. But, you know, he, he massively contributed to, to that three points with his performance. And, you know, he, he'd been left out a fair bit under John Brady. And I think he's obviously you know, on being called back into the team has, has really wanted to, to prove that he should be staying in there. And he has, um, he certainly delivered the last few games with the assist for, with the assist for, for Sam's goal against um, Oxford and then his performance uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was kind of a shame in that you couldn't quite see like a, a partnership between Edmondson and Rose uh, yeah. in, in terms of, they're not, I wouldn't say they're similar players, but they kind of played a similar game yesterday, if you, if, if you know what I mean. But um, mm. he, yeah, he, he was absolutely superb yesterday. I think he'd get my, my vote for man of the match. Mm. I, we are missing that partnership, aren't we? I remember like Alex Ferguson's teams, he always used to have like four forwards and they could interchange them and they would still get sort of goals and performances out of them. And I just don't feel that with Northampton. I just don't think when we change, change them up, they click and they, complement each other I was still definitely missing and it's quite an old-fashioned thing you know thing to talk about but we're still missing a Scott McLeish or Jamie Forrest or someone like just someone with that real finishing ability and real lethal eye for goal I think maybe with Danny Rose is that he might have a little bit of a mental battle going on if he's proper league one quality and maybe that might be at the back of his mind in terms of tr- just trying to get the goals. It's all very well having these brilliant performances and work rate. Eventually, you need goals. But like like we said, strikers often need someone to work off of a foil. So that's difficult for everyone, including Edmondson, all of the forwards in our, in our, in our team. So that's a difficult one. But um, yeah, let's go to you, Martin, on uh, Danny Rose. Was he one of the match for you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he's... Um... His work rate, he's he's got something of the um of the Scott McLeish about him for me. I, I, we're saying not the really? same. Okay, I don't see that, Martin. I don't see that. Well, no, not in terms of style of play or anything. But Scott McLeish was about five foot nine, but yeah. can out jump a guy who was six foot three. Yeah. Rose has that same thing, and it's it's something so rare. I can't I can't think of other players or anything like that. We've had we've had two of them, but I think 
you know, while the goals haven't flowed for Rose or indeed the chances, you know, he got the assist on um, Hoskins' goal against um, against Oxford. His head never goes down. He works his socks off. I think Brady was more open about his issues than um, than whatever's gone on with Edmondson. We said that lockdown had been really tough for him. And I certainly, you know, speaking from personal experience, I found kind of working from home and that change was quite uh, quite challenging for me. And I'm going into a new a new job, um, back working in a, in a depot with people. And I found that quite refreshing. So, you know, some people struggle with, you know, you lockdown cha- lockdown changes you so that was kind of good to hear from Brady and I think we talked about his his view of the mental side of things but he's getting you know I just think Rose is putting a shift in every day and even if we're not going to score goals defensively he's adding he's adding something mm. because he's harrying the defenders and I think if we can get Edmondson firing you know not necessarily goals but just to maybe a bit like it was for the first 30 minutes or so to, you know, get that up to maybe 60 minutes on um, on Monday. We're going to be a side that, you know, defenders aren't going to like. It may not be that we've got the most potent strike force, but they'll make defenders work, you know, have to work their socks off and come off a bit battered and bruised. Mm. Um, Brendan, I completely see what Martin's talking about in terms of those similarities. I just don't see that burst of pace that a striker needs and that ability mm. to craft their own chances as well as getting on the end of them. I wouldn't call him one pace, Rose, but I'm just... Can, can you see a similarity, probably slightly before your time, um, Scott McLeish, but can you just... Can no, you, I remember. Yeah, can you see what I'm talking about in terms of that that sheer finishing ability? And, you know, strikers throughout the, the ages have, doesn't necessarily have to be really lightning quick, but they just need that anticipation and burst over a couple of yards. People like Gerd Muller weren't... weren't yeah, but they just had that instinct uh, to be able to get on it. And I just don't see that with Rose at the moment. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think, um, again, to Martin's point, like he's, he's, he will, even if he doesn't win a header, he, he will make that, he's that kind of player. Like he just makes, a, a defender's got to have a good game to keep him out. And at the moment, everyone's having a good game against. But I, I think like more like we do need to get Edmondson firing or, or the players around him. Like, you know, by what is playing well, I think, and, the wide players are doing well because um, Danny Rose is, is he's making all the players around him have to pay attention to him at all times. He does he do, he has like this dark arts thing, like he, he he can I don't know how to explain it. He'll like wrap his foot around someone's body to poke it, and it, it doesn't do anything, but it just disrupts stuff. It annoys people. Is it? Uh, you know he'll he he um he goes down, he dives, he he's he's just he's got a bit Luis Suarez almost in him. Like you just hate to play against him and. When we're yeah. we're in the position we're in and we don't score goals and we're trying to see out games, I'd much rather have him in the team than not. And I think we kind of got he, he you know he's never going to be that player that, that crafts his own chances that 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 puts in a couple of stepovers and, and scores like a thirty yard worldie. I think if he was, then he wouldn't be playing at Northampton. But we kind of need him in the squad and in in the team um, starting because he does all those other things. He does the dirty jobs, um, and and I'd be looking at like. You know Hoskins to 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 apply more finishes or the wide players to to chip in more because we don't have anyone else that does Rose's job, but we have other players that can score goals. Mm, yeah, good point. If no matter what happens this season, I'm not sure Edmondson will be a Cobblers player full time after this season. So there's going to be a need to bring another forward player in. Um, is Danny Rose signed onto a contract? Yeah. Yeah, he signed a two and a bit year deal, didn't I think? 
Yeah. So, so next year at the season after, I think. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be here come what may, whatever league we're in, League One or League Two. I still would like to see the scouting system try and bring in someone with that finishing ability that's really going to be have a lethal touch. I know it's very difficult at any level, but sort of crying out for that now. But you know, he would be my man of the match, uh, Danny Rose, just through his sheer work rate, and he was very useful in the game management as well, which kept, really came into the fore and I thought Cobbers were excellent at. Let's talk a little bit about John Brady's post-match interview. It was frank. It was emotional. It was passionate. It was what you want to hear from a true club man like John Brady. Um, we'll go to you on this one, Martin. Can you sort of explain maybe if someone hasn't had a chance to listen to his interview, the sort of gist of it? It was breathtaking, breathtaking. Um, obviously, he was pleased with the win. Um, you know, he's talked about the players, you know, are putting the effort in and um, he alluded a bit to some of the kind of knee-jerk reactions we see sometimes on social media when, when games go badly. But then he got very emotional talking about Lee Collins as well, which obviously we talked about on Friday Night Lights at all our series with it. And the fact that Mark Richards was his best mate and had been in contact with him all of kind of last week. And he was, you know, he was in tears. And that, you know, sometimes I think with, with football, you, you know, we can get overexcited about the stuff on the pitch and uber down about where things go wrong. But, you know, it's a good reminder that this is, you know, human beings we're dealing with, um, people with emotions, with feelings, and, you know, maybe do, probably do us all well. You know, we'll, we'll sub, sometimes on here, we'll, you know, we'll mention that some players might not have had the best game or, you know, the worst words I'll use might describe a player historically as having not been very good. But it's <laughs> like these, are, these are real, you know, these are real people are trying their best, every one of which, you know, um, I think all of us on here play football at, at one level or another still. And, the worst player you'll ever see playing for the Cobblers will be way better than any of us will, will ever have been. And I think Brady gets that. He 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 puts the players, not necessarily on a pedestal, but he, he has high expectations of them, but he, he defends them. And I think what was great, because again, uh, I think sometimes we we always think that the player X on the bench is better than, than, player, than player Y, or we, we need to try something different. But he was really honest about the players that are missing out. So... Um, he talked about Corboa, Chukwamika, and I think when when Tim Oglethorpe said to him, "Oh, is it they're not working hard enough?" He really bristled. He said, "No, no, everyone's working, everyone's trying." He said, "But if I if I tell people we need to move on quicker, and that person is taking seven or eight touches, and I tell them, no, no, I don't want you to do it like that. I want you to do it like this, and they still do it." He said, "That's what coaching is. Then I'm, I can't risk a coin toss that that bloke might play well on a Saturday." I need him to do it in training because otherwise I can't rely on him. And I think every, all the way through um, Brady's spell and in his post-match interviews, I feel like I've had a better insight into the mind of a football manager than I ever got from reading the Alex Ferguson biography, um, Barry Fry's really entertaining one 20 years ago. I feel I've got more of an insight into what it is to be a manager from Brady than from anyone else because I think his his passion, the, the way he cares, it comes across in droves, but he's also really happy to explain his decisions. So, 
you know, we don't know if, if what the structure will be next year. You know, personally, I think they've made a good fist of it, and I, I would like us to go with what we've what we've done this year because I think it feels like a, a nice sort of setup. But it's yeah, I, I, you can't be missing those post-match interviews, whether we win, lose, or draw, while Brady's in charge. Yeah, very good point, and. We were sort of having a little bit of a, a joke in the in the WhatsApp group in terms of what you want out of a, a basic, you know, a basic desire of a manager. And he he loves Northampton Town. He wants to manage Northampton Town or he wants to be involved at Northampton Town. And that is, you know, it seems a very basic point, but I'm not sure over the years we've had managers that love well definitely don't love the club as much as him and people like Mark Richards that want to come to Northampton it's a bit Northampton's a bit of a backwater so you know it's quite difficult to attract people that are going to really invest themselves in the county in the the football scene for a, a reasonable amount of time because you bring someone in off the merry-go-round they're often off even people like Chris Wilder are off within only a couple of years so his dedication to the football club can't be sort of dismissed so that that's a really important point in terms of how much he really wants to be involved in the football club and kick the football club on. Um, James, uh, in terms of his comments and his just emotion about the um, Lee Collins passing, it was it was very heartening, wasn't it? And it does give you real faith that he is really, and the team are really working to try and get us out of this position. Yeah, I think, I think it, it, it's quite refreshing that he, he's um, he's always honest, and this is what I really liked about when Samo was was manager. He just said it how it was, and he he didn't you know necessarily you know I've you know I've been a journalist and asked questions, and you get used to kind of the stock answers and and the cliches being kind of rolled out. And there's very little of that with Brady. He directly addresses issues when he's asked a question about them, and you see his thought process behind decisions as well. And he, he's really good at explaining why he makes the decisions that he does. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you know, we're all fans. We all have different opinions. You know, me and you have, have talked about Chuck Wamika. Uh, mm. And he, he's kind of said, you know, he's, he's kind of said, no, this is why he's not playing at the moment or, or et cetera. And you, yeah. and you can't go anything other than fair enough, you know, and, mm. and it, it's, it's, he's very good. He's very good at that. Uh, and you can obviously tell, you know, because I, I think he said he'd never actually personally met Lee had he um but I think you, you could see obviously he's seen the impact that it's probably had on Mark Richards this week and that that's kind of what kind of you know provoked that that response and um you know he, he's just a, a very genuine guy isn't he and I think you can I think you can tell that in his interviews uh, he, he doesn't approach he doesn't change his approach with people depending on the situation you know he'll he'll speak to a journalist or a fan yeah in the same way that he would probably speak to his players i get that impression you know i could be wrong i've not met the guy although he what like i say he was next to he was next to our pitch at, at goals this morning when we were training I, I don't think he saw anything i don't think well i don't think i'm going to be giving peter kioso a run for his money anytime soon but um <laughs> you know he he, he he seems to really connect with people doesn't he he seems very good at that um and i think when you've got a figurehead like that it's very easy to get behind them because you're rooting for them as a person, as as, as well as a manager. 
Firstly, James, don't do yourself down. You, you're going to be signed to replace uh, Sowerby, who's now out for the season. So you're going to be. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but you're going to be playing 90 minutes against Hull. It's a bit of a oh, baptism oh. fire, but my legs still haven't recovered from two training sessions this week. So uh, yeah, you, I'll, I'll be I'll be on the I'll be on the podcast next week, absolutely shredding myself to pieces. <laughs> just take that Avril. He doesn't work hard enough. He's just lazy, isn't he? Avril <laughs> never tracks back enough. You know what I mean? He thinks he's. Uh, Fixes Kevin Thornton. Um, but Brendan, let's play devil's advocate a little bit. I really don't, I'm not going to be harsh on John at all for his emotions because it's absolutely a beautiful thing and we should, should express our emotions. I guess one thing we could pick up slightly on is his comments about social media and stuff. For me, I'm sort of like, John, don't, don't read anything that's written online and don't listen to any podcasts or anything like that because we haven't got a clue what we're talking about. Um, do you know what I mean, uh, Brendan? A little bit. Maybe that might be in somewhere. Something he needs to just maybe. I don't want to say like toughen up a little bit, but maybe something just just believe in his own uh, coaching and just forget the rest of the noise. Um, no, I mean I, it's it's just refreshing. I like it. Like okay, it used to it used to wind me up so much with Cole. Like I, I saw some people online picked up on it as well. Like. He always kind of alluded that he had this master plan, but he wouldn't show it to you. Like <laughs> it, was, it was always he was always talking like, "Well, you don't know what, what you know what my old, whole point is here." And it was like, "Well, be honest with us, tell us then." And I think Brady's just doing that. And and Kerr would always like allude to the fact that he knew that the fans thought one thing or another without saying it as much. And it just used to wind me up. Say what you mean. Say what you okay. want to say. Yeah. You know, if you if you're gonna upset fans, say it. If if you want to praise the fans, do it. And that yeah. Brady said that he, we just won, and and you know all this stuff happened, and and he was saying uh, like his exact words at one point was get behind him now, and and he knows that, and it, it, we can sit here and debate about how we got into this position and whatever, but the the fact of the matter is there's nine games left of the season, and we've got to win an amount of them, you know it's short term fixes and, and and short term focus at the moment, and you know that, I think that was all all he was really saying, and um, yeah I I thought it was refreshing, I like that stuff. I don't really think John Brady sat there scrolling through Twitter on his phone. I, I, I don't <laughs> believe that. But I think, like, you know, we were saying earlier, like, we're the, getting an insight into a manager and, and these are human beings. I think stuff like that, it, it will be around the club. Like, you know, that it get, I bet uh, footballers, like, get sent stuff and it goes in WhatsApp groups or they hear from their friends that, that see these comments or whatever, like, you know, I, I've met a couple of uh, mates of players that are going to games and stuff like that, and they overhear what we're all saying about them at half time and stuff like that. It's so they're, they're obviously going to be aware of it. I'm, I don't think they're necessarily like again scrolling through Twitter looking for it, but it obviously gets through to them. And I think Brady was just defending his lads. I, I my other pet hate is when you know it's, it tends to be fans of a certain generation, but you know they lose a game, and they're like, oh, they've got no heart, they've got no, they don't want it enough. It's like you have no clue what's going on in their mind or. You can't like you can't quantify those things. Like I I, I don't like um, you know criticizing players for stuff like that. Um, and I just think Brady was coming out and, and saying that he's like they are given one hundred and ten percent. Sometimes one hundred and ten percent isn't good enough because you're still a crap player. But you can they are trying really hard. And and I liked him coming out and defending the players a little bit. I, he was obviously emotional with everything that's gone on into that game and Lee Collins and and just the where we're at in the table. So. No, I was fine with it, I, I'm, and I, I, it's going to be entertaining to watch his interviews for the rest of the season. To be honest, even if they do read the social media stuff, and I just want to sort of 
stick up for 99% of fans because I think Cobblers fans are actually pretty reasonable and actually pretty uh, uh. pretty patient and they by and large are, are quite fast but you know I completely understand that some people do go over the top and that might filter through a little bit um, but just you know I just think that if long as you know the manager just believes in what he's doing try and filter out the noise a little bit and you know um, just do that thing we'll we'll be on the right track and you know, John, John is a quite a modern coach, I think, and he he does give us that little bit of insight into psychology of it a little bit, and he's very well spoken. So you know, he's definitely a real asset for the football club. Um, let's read out some of the readers' comments. Actually, we've had quite a few for this game. Um, obviously, not huge number of talking points, but overall a positive result. I just go to um, Paul Newcomb, who tweeted us to say. Just listen to Brady's interview. Very passionate, and I agree we should all get behind the team regardless. And with that bit of luck and hard work, we'll stay in the division. Now, that would put the cat amongst the pigeons. Fair enough, uh, Paul. Tim Bellamy. This is nice and succinct. We like this. First half, good. Second, rubbish. <laughs> Tim <laughs> Bellamy. Straight to the point, mate. I like that. Uh, James Sills. First half, good. Kind of expected the second half to pan out the way it did, but it was obviously all about the three points. Certain players did out again. Rose worked tire- tirelessly and was a real handful. Morris better today. McWilliams consistent. And the two centre-backs immense again. Now breathed. So he's breathing uh, a sigh of relief. Uh, Northampton Town, Turkey. All the way from Izmir. You could say it was a good Friday. That's very true. <laughs> very. <laughs> Not... A Saturday, though. We need a win on a Saturday, lads, if you're listening. Just uh, try and get a win on Saturday. Um, Carlin Taylor, back four, dealt with a lot of pressure second half. Two important blocks from Kyoto and Mills, which uh, were shots goal-bound. Midfield two of McWilliams and Morris was an important two, breaking up waves of attacks. Rose didn't stop chasing all game. That makes sense. Adam Barbie, carbon copy of most wins under Brady. Take the lead and hold on. Press them to death and dealt well with the long balls. Rose led the line superbly. Morris, much better in midfield, and two centre-backs, exceptional again. I'd agree with that. Max Miller, thought we played well in the first half, but second half was pretty poor. If we play like that, play like the first half for the rest of the season, then hopefully we'll be OK. All the other teams below us lost today, which puts more pressure on them. Seems reasonable. Uh, Rob Sapwell, a well-managed win, and other results seem to have gone our way. Danny Rose, man of the match for me for sheer effort. What a shift again. Only minor criticism would have been to freshen up a tad earlier, just for tiredness. Such an important win, though. Well played, well managed. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that one as well. I think Rob makes a good point about just trying to keep things fresh for Monday against Hull. Um, James, that's going to be a huge challenge. Hull are so well financed at this level and a, a good side and right up there at the top of the league. Um, how would you... We, we put you in the Cobblers team. I'm going to put you as Cobblers manager now. How would, you, how would you set up James going into Monday? Would you try and maybe put an extra defender in there like Sheehan, like we did in the last few minutes, or would you just try and go similarly to the starting lineup? Um, I, I I do quite like kind of if a team's winning games, stick with it. What I will say is they're playing a lot of games at the moment, and that's why yeah. the form is a bit hit and miss at the moment. We're kind of you know, beating Oxford, then losing to Wimbledon, then beat. you know. Um, what I would say is, I, I kind of see it as a free pass almost. I don't think many of us, with all due respect to our team, when you look at the positions, you're not expecting us to go and get a result there, are you? Mm-hmm. So I just want to see them, whatever team we put out, play with a bit of freedom. 
and, and and go for it. Um, and you know, if if we're, if we're going to go for it, we may pick up. You know, we've been doing a lot better against better teams. I have to say, I wasn't hugely impressed with Hull when when they played us at home. They they did what they had to to beat us, but I can't say I was blown away by the way they play. They were very good at managing the ref. I remember in that game, I think it was Honeyman, wasn't it? Who was was yeah, constant. Yeah. So we have to be kind of wary of that. A bit like you know Charlton that did exactly the same in the home game, and will and did the same in the way again so I think we've got to be tuned on to that perhaps um in terms of how you set up it's a difficult one because that there is merit because it is so close down there to go to saying let's keep it tight and see if we can nick a point but um it, it's a difficult decision I'd be inclined to go for it um myself but maybe that's why I'm not a football manager yeah no that's that's that makes sense I, 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 I don't I don't think that, that for me, it's a free pass, and um, yeah. you know, if, if if we lose, I'm not expecting a result there because Hull have been very good this season. So if we get anything, it's a bonus. Um, so I, I won't really have any problems. We we can either choose to kind of nullify them and see if we can nick a point. I've got no problems with that approach, um, mm. and I've, similarly, I've got no problems with us saying, you know, to hell with it, let's go for it. If we can get three points, that's you know a, a big step towards safety so I've got I've got no real problem I don't think we can I don't think there's any way we can lose unless we get properly hammered in which case I'll, I'll obviously criticize everything about it you know but <laughs> mm. we always uh, retain that right reserve that right to criticize very heavily no matter what the results so <laughs> that's our right as uh, cobbler's balls um yeah uh, Martin it might be the game actually you, you, you might stick Chuck Amico or um, Corbara in there just to say right you've got the ability to get a goal from nowhere you know, we'll stick you in and you, you back yourself to do that. Or it might be a case of, right, we've done so well in the previous game, just keep it pretty much as it is. And if we can nick a draw, that'll be important, Martin. Yeah, I, I'd certainly go with the latter there rather than kind of punting it and risking losing momentum. Yeah, I think you've got, you know, good team spirit. They're playing well. I think you 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 go you go out to play as well as you can. It's not like we're ever going to be cavalier with the um, you know, the eleven we're we're putting out. But I'd say you go with your you go with your best side and try and keep it up. And if you, if you nick a point or you know anything better, it's a bonus. But even it you know even if you know we lose one nil two nil, but have carried on giving it a go. We just try and come out unscathed. Um, and then on, on to the next one. But I don't, I think it would send the wrong message. If you may, may I, I get that, you know, especially in the middle of midfield, and um, Braid says this, with, um, with Salby out for the season now, we're very, very skinny in, in the central midfield positions. Yeah. And the temptation could be to rest somebody. But I would rather say, no, no, we're going to go out and be the best cobblers we can be and see, what, see how that matches up against Hull. As James said, I didn't think much of them at all uh, at six fields. We were pretty poor, but up until they scored, I was I thought you know they were they were nothing much, and then we never really looked like getting back into it. But that had been the story of the season um, up till up till the managerial change. So I think we we go in, we put the best side out we can, and try and play on the front foot to to some degree as much as we're ever on the front foot, and let, let's see what we can do. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just trying to look where Hull are in the league. Are they top? Or... Yeah, they're top. Yeah. yeah. Right, so, so Hull are top. Stuff stuff although they tank. might not have been much cop against Northampton, clearly a very good side. Very well yeah. financed. 
yeah. some very useful players. So I don't think we can ask them, underestimate him at all. Um, uh, Brendan, do you go uh-huh. into this game thinking of Bristol Rovers in the back of your mind? That's a winnable one and maybe just not ease off in this one. But as James said, a bit of a free hit. I think it's a free hit, but I don't think you, you ease off at all. Like I said before, there's nine games left. You can't, you know, we we know from looking at the results against, you know, Wigan, Wimbledon, Swindon, Burton, that we can't pick and choose what games we win. It really annoyed me that that Sammy applied that finish against Oxford and then we won 1-0 and then uh, he couldn't, you know, score the penalty last week because I would rather would have beat the team around us and stop them getting three points up more than beating Oxford or wherever they were in the table. Um, but, you know, we drew, we drew against Sunderland. We beat Portsmouth a couple of weeks ago. We, we gave Blackpool a good game. Um, there's, there's teams at the top where we've had good results this season. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Brady can find something. But, yeah, it, it is a bit of a free hit. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going into it not really very nervous because it's like anything we get out of it is a positive. No one's expecting anything. And, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of a good position to be in. I, I hope the players go into it kind of with that relaxed mentality and maybe, maybe it will, maybe it'll, um, you know, bear fruit. I'd be tempted to see if uh, Rico wants to get his boots off because I don't know who was there for an away game at Hull where we won and Rico scored one of the best goals I've seen for us where he just absolutely thundered it into the top corner. Mm. That was Mm. one of my favourite away days. So uh, maybe Rico will fancy recreating the past and get his boots on. I'm I'm actually surprised that he hasn't (laughs) re-registered. I know he's he's, he's pretty old now, but I reckon he'd still do the job. His mobility was never that, you know, he wasn't a massive sprinter anyway. He was always a bit, you know, he just had that anticipation. So, but... I guess he's uh, considered himself slightly over the hill. Maybe someone like Marshall needs to come back in against Hull. Maybe yeah, a, bit I don't of a chance know. for Alex Jones. If he was injured or something, but why he didn't play yesterday and why he started from the bench. And you look at that, the scoring table that we've been um, keeping up to date, Marshall's still the top of it in, in terms of assists. Um, I, I think don't know. they went very narrow, didn't they, though, Consci- consciously. That diamond, if you're yeah. going to play a diamond in midfield, yeah. You're probably not going to start Marshall unless you start him in the position that Hoskins was in. Maybe. Uh, I think it's re- really important on Monday. Whatever happens, whether you, you know, well, I don't believe football teams say, "Oh, we're going to go for this one," as opposed to not going for it. I don't think Brady would do that. I think he's he's going to approach it the same way as he would Bristol Rovers. But you know, looking at those other teams, the the bottom six mini table we keep talking about, we've got. Uh, the best goal difference. We've got the best defense in it, and we know we we don't. We've got the worst in terms of scoring goals. We've got the best goal difference, and we we haven't got pasted under Brady. You know, even when we do lose, it's it's one nils and and two ones and stuff. So if yeah. we go there and get hiding, that could be even worse. So I'm sat here saying let's go for it, but you know, a three or four nil loss would be really really bad at this point because having having at this tight, having your goal difference on your side is as good as an extra mm. point on the last day. Um, and yeah, so if we're going to lose, make sure it's by one goal because we we can't afford to lose that um, that advantage on goal a goal difference at the moment. When you look at the st- when you look at the statistics, they they are pretty stark under Brady. I was just looking before this, so we've kept six clean sheets in thirteen games yeah. under Brady. We'd kept five in twenty six in the you know in, under Curl for the, the season before. You know that that's that's a big step up, isn't it? Yeah. And like I said, we, we've only lost by more than one goal in his first game against Burton. Every other defeat's been by one goal. So, yeah, I, th- I think there was a lot of merit there in, in what Brendan said in that 
we look pretty solid now defensively and goal difference is going to play a big part, especially because we're, you know, we're not going to score many goals. And um, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I don't think there is a wrong approach in, in this game. Mm. I, say. I, I think, you know, there is there is merit to both ways of, of, of approaching it. And we'll, we'll see at the end which one he goes for and, and whether it works. As long as he doesn't play Bolger, we'll be fine. <laughs> you look. You look at all those stats. I was. I was looking at it yesterday, and you can say it's Jones coming in or Horsfall coming back to form, or you know, uh, going to uh, a back four. Because like, asking lower league uh, footballers to play three at the back never works, in my opinion. But, um, but I don't want to blame it on one player and lump it all on him. But all of this, like all those clean sheets and and, and much better defenses, it, like it's just since Bolger's gone, he was the captain. That was pretty much one of the first things that Brady did was like hook him out the side, take the captaincy away from him, and we've looked a lot more solid since. Mm. So as long as he doesn't play on Monday, I'm, I've got faith. He, he's one of those players. He got a bit of the the late Ash Taylor about him. Like when he's on the pitch, he's waiting for a mistake to come, mate, waiting for him to fall over or cock it up. So um, it's, it's strange, isn't it? How, how because I wouldn't say he's a bad player. You know, he's been played at this level regularly throughout his career. I was pretty pleased when we signed him. I'd always been impressed whenever I'd seen him play against us. But for, we talked about this so so often that sometimes players just don't fit with, with mm. teams. And it was certainly clear that Bolger and Horsfall as a duo just didn't complement each other. Yeah. Um, whereas Jones and Horsfall clearly do. Um, mm. And you, start you can't, you can't really pinpoint well. why, but that, that's just how it's panned out. Yeah, you know, with, with defenders, it's, it, it's always like, you have no idea how their chemistry is going to be. And you can have two individually poor centre-backs, but when you put them together, something about the way that they talk, move, play together makes them better as a pair. And and I completely agree with you because Bolger had, had a lot of pedigree coming in. I also don't I don't think he ever should have been captain. And I think Cole did that a few times when he gave it to Pierre and obviously Goud. Uh, and I think that was probably half of like what got him to come to Northampton over maybe any other clubs was giving him the captain's armband. Yeah. And he just... The, the only game we got into the ground to see this year when we got pasted by Lincoln in, in December 4-0, I was like, I just said I don't like um, blaming players and, and their, their desire and how much they want it and stuff like that. But I was looking at Bolger like, he was getting a stick off the fans and he just didn't want to be there. He was like, oh, I've, I've had enough of this. And that's, that's not what you want from a captain. He, could, he fully gave up. And I, I never saw a performance from him where... Um, that that was any different to that. He just always looked not asked, really. Whether he, he was asked or not is is another another issue. But you've got to at least kind of like look like you want to win. Just look like he was playing Sunday League most of the time. But in fairness to Bolger, can you imagine playing that cowboy, being yelled at by Keith Carl the whole time just to launch it, basically? You know, the fans on his back. I can sort of understand why yeah. Bolger maybe look like that. But player. at the end of the day, you're right about him not fitting. I just think. Horsfall is much better suited to John Brady's style of management, style yeah. of play. He just seems to have blossomed a little bit and given, given that little bit of freedom to grow and to, to express himself, which is pretty good. I've just been looking through the Cobblers team and we can't get away from the poor recruitment and the weak squad, you know, squad building. We've all played Championship Manager. Now when you played, you used to play Championship Manager or Football Manager and you've got all these players up front and you've signed too many and you're just like, how am I going to get rid of these guys? Like, <laughs> they're taking up all my budget. We've got how many strikers on the thing? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven forwards on the uh, official site signed on. 
you couldn't tell me really the best pairing out of that. So that is for me is weak recruitment and mm. no, it's not, but not not decent management from Keith Carr. Central midfield or midfield is paper thin in contrast. So you've got people like Liam Cross listed, Morgan Roberts, not even named in the squad, I don't think. Um, no. If we get another injury, just say, God forbid, Bryn Morris got injured, for instance. You know, who's going to go there? You could, I was thinking maybe you could slot Joseph Mills. Sometimes you can put fullbacks into centre mid and it works. Michael Harriman, maybe. Or I think maybe you could put Danny Rose in there. Like Lloyd Jones, but it's not ideal, is it? And, that, and this is what it all comes back to at the end of the day for me is that the recruitment. Uh, from it's very, people. very imbalanced, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I, again, we, we, I've said it numerous times. Like, Watson could barely get a game in the car. He was in and out the side. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, Marshall was was not even making the bench. You know, the, Marshall's top of our assist now. Watson's top goal scorer. You know, Bolger was captain. Um, there's there's just loads of like weird. Just, you can say what you want about recruitment or whatever else, but I just don't think he was using the players in the right way at all. Um, and mm. and credit to Brady because he's picked up the hand he was dealt and shuffled it. I think how we all would have rather had it at, at the time. Um, yeah. And it's kind of shown us what we did actually have in. It's it. He's shown me more about the recruitment, I think, than Curl did. Um, and it's yeah. It's it, it, frankly, it's not good enough. I, I I wonder like, whenever you end up with like not enough of one position, you wonder like what what transfers were missed out on because you know no professional football manager would have wanted to be in this position with how many midfielders we've got left. Um, you know, fully fit. It was there was a point in the season when we were playing Max Dyche in a back three. Do you know what I mean? And we've yeah. had to play like we've had to sign. Uh, free agents all through the season. Ricky Holmes and Alex Jones and Lloyd Jones was a was a free agent as well. So it just the the recruitment just stinks really from the summer, doesn't it? We 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 couldn't finish any of the business. We we still look thin in areas, and we've uh, some of our best players and best signings have been, you know, free agents that we've had to kind of panic by as the season's gone on. Mm, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess we'll wrap up now. And last week, we were all pretty disconsolate and saying we'd like to go down. This is cobblers for us, raises up our hopes yet again. Um, Brendan's clearly thinking we're going to make the playoffs. I know he's he's booked his... Uh... It's mathematically possible. It still is. We're 27 points <laughs> off. No, we're 21 points off and there's 27 points left. So yep. I've put the day off after the playoff final. <laughs> we're going to Wembley. <laughs> OK, wait. that's answered my question before I've even asked it. Um, James, is your opinion changed on our potential to stay up or are you looking a bit like me at the, the future fixtures well, including I, 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 posh. I said last week uh, you, you pushed me for a yes or no answer and I, I opted for no uh, purely on the lack of goals what yeah. I would say is I'm, I'm starting to see a big improvement in that we're becoming difficult to beat and I don't think that can be underestimated it's it, it's a tough one because all I realistically wanted uh, uh, was for us to if we're going to go down go down fighting, um, and I'm 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 happy that we're I'm, well obviously I'm not going to be happy if we get relegated but at least I'll know we've given it a good go. I was worried that we were just going to go down with a whimper, the yeah. way we were kind of playing and and those last few games under curl um, and with. Whatever happens, we're not going to do that. I've, I've seen enough from this team that, that, that they're going to go down uh, fighting if they do go down. It's going to just be so tight. It's impossible impossible to say because, you know, we had such a... You wouldn't think the results would go as well as they did yesterday, but they could feasibly go entirely wrong uh, on Monday and we're back to square one. So, 
uh, I, I, I don't know. The lack of goals still concerns me. Um, but as long as Ryan Watson is on the pitch, we've got a chance. You know, my, my worry is my worry is that teams will will cotton on to the fact that he is um if they haven't already that that he is the big goal threat and just man market the only goal threat. Market. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so someone else needs to step up at some point because we can't keep relying on Ryan Watson to 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 bail us out as such. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I said no last week. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more on the fence this week because it was a very good set of results. Um, you know, I would love to be proved wrong and, and, and that we stay up. But either way, you know, we, I think we're going to go, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting. And that's, that's, that was kind of all I wanted, really. You know, let's give this a go. Um, and fair play to, to Brady and, 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 and the players because they're also responding to bad results, which we weren't doing before. You know, yeah. we, it was a you know horrific result last week, but they've bounced back with a win, uh, and you know that that shows that there's probably a bit more character there than I thought there was earlier on in the season. Brady's obviously eked that out of them. He's been constantly on about you know, and, and we, we go back to talking about Brady being a very clear communicator. He was very clear at the start. My job here is to get these guys to believe that they're good footballers and to get their confidence up, and you can clearly see that he's he's achieving that and that they're starting to believe themselves a bit more I think they'd probably well they certainly played like they'd given up hope I thought Um, whether whether that was the case or not that that was how it appeared to me I I could just see no hope we were pretty much bottom two in every metric weren't we Mm. Um, whereas now like Brendan said we've we've got the best goal difference down there we've now got the best defense after you know a really good run of six clean sheets in 13 games and suddenly you know you're seeing you know, green shoots here. So, you know, let's just hope it it, it carries on. One thing I know is with, with Cobblers fans, we're not going to do it the easy way, are we? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm kind of almost expected us to to beat Hull and then lose to Bristol Rovers mm, or, or yeah. something like that. That would be probably the most Cobblers typical kind of uh, results for the next two games. But you know, mm. there's definite improvement signs, and and that's all we can really ask for at this moment. I think. Mm, yep, I'd agree with a lot of that. Martin, I think an important thing is that even if we do go down, I do believe we're in safe hands with John Brady, no matter what role he takes, if it's a technical director or a manager or whatever, youth team, under-18 manager, I think that we are in good hands and his nurturing of the structure of the football club and just the the ethics and the sort of um, the way things are operating is is really decent. So I don't fear relegation hugely I don't want to go down especially for financial reasons but I don't fear it and I don't think hopefully there will be a massive upheaval if we do um Martin but you're a huge optimist let's see if you can spin this for me we've got coming up Hull Bristol Rovers that's winnable Posh Ipswich Gillingham complete with Vidane Oliver Blackpool and Sunderland we surely we got to accept that is a formidable run in Martin yeah it is it is but I'm looking at the league table and I look at everyone below us, and I don't think anyone, bar maybe Swindon, that anyone would swap places, would not swap places with us. I think that points in the bag. You know, we're a few, we're a few ahead of Wimbledon now. Um, Wigan had that little, um, little, little bit of form, but they've gone pretty poor again. Rovers lost five six on the bounce. 
Rochdale would say are gone. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But I think we've proved that we're good enough to get points against mid-table and, you know, top half side. So, yeah, Rovers is a must win. Can't can't afford not to win that. Um, then, obviously, yeah. we've got the top three. The top three to play, that's that's going to be tough. You know, if we could get two points out of that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, Gillingham, I think they've been really good this year. I think we caught them on an off day and we did them 3-1 at home. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really tough run. But in terms of us controlling the controllables, I think Brady's got himself as well as they can do. They're winning games, winning home games especially. I'd say we're in it. You know, we've given ourselves a decent chance of doing it. Ultimately, it may be that we keep playing well, but we lose enough games that, you know, three, two or three of these sides overhaul us. But all of them are full of their own issues as well, which is why they're down there. So I'd say we're probably in a better position than any of the other sides in the bottom six in that we've had a new manager and it's working. Mm, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up mine. An optimistic take on things. It was an optimistic result yesterday and it just made our bank holiday weekend go better. Of course, Hull City might put the kibosh on that, but as we said earlier on, it's a slight um, free hit for us. So as Northampton fans, we always live in hope. We'll reconvene next week after Bristol Rovers. Um, and then coming up, we've got Peterborough as well. That'll be one to look forward to. Not, But um, you guys have a good Easter weekend. Take it easy. And um, we'll speak again next week. Take it easy. Fantastic. Cheers, Thank man. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.